Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Alcova Mortgage is here for good. We are locally owned, value great communication, and are committed to our Covington community. Call Alcova Mortgage Covington at 540-962-7152 or visit alcovahighlands.com to get in touch for your mortgage lending needs. Alcova Mortgage, NMLS ID 40508, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Equal housing lender. Terms and conditions apply. All loans subject to credit approval. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts, coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. You know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amon Hawkins. Appreciate you taking time out today to listen to the latest episode of the show. This is episode 999. We're almost at a thousand. And I look, it could be more, but this is the thousand that I track because people say, hey, man, is it really a thousand? I'm like, it, pro- it could probably be more because I'll transition from Podbean to Blog Talk Radio to Anchor. Now I'm a part of uh, the Believe Network. So, and I got a lot of like SD cards and stuff with every episode I've done. So, this is just my estimation of. Where I think I'm at, it could be more, but hey, the journey continues. We still trying to elevate, still trying to get better. Salute to Believe Network for, um, you know, providing me this opportunity to be on, take advantage of their platform. You know, so that's what we doing, man. We recapping UVA's uh, road loss to Syracuse on Friday. Over the years, I've learned to give myself like 24 to 36 hours. Before I talk about the game, so I can have my real analytical hat on and really give you an in-depth, give you in-depth information of what took place. And I do the same with fans as well. Like, I've gotten better. And and if you've been around me, you can at least give me credit I've gotten better with how I interact with fans post-game. Because at first I was a savage. I I I was no nonsense. Like, yo, you being too negative. You don't know what we put the blood, sweat, and tears we're putting in. Don't be saying that. Don't be saying this. But then it's like, yo, Ahmad, they they care. And when people care about things, they're going to vent. You got to provide that safe space. So I've gotten better with that. So what I usually do is after games, I man, I read every article I can about the game. I go on various message boards and I check the posts of the fan base and see if it's a common theme, a common issue, common statements that's being made. And that helps me 
and how I approach recaps because I like to answer those questions without having to point out with well, username so-and-so said this and username so it's because a lot of people want to be anonymous. And you guys also do a good job of going to amalhawkins.com using the contact us feature. And you actually ask me questions through email on what did I see during games or you voice your concerns. So I appreciate that because I want to make sure that questions are being answered that you may not be able to get at another place. So I like to be that podcast outlet in a sense. So appreciate y'all for that, man. Um, Salute to the sponsors, Aber Insurance. Go to Aber Insurance for all your insurance needs. That's home business, auto life insurance. They're great people at Able. Servicing the state of Virginia for over 20 years. They have a office right here off Railroad in Charlottesville. They also have offices in Richmond. And they're not only available in Virginia. So check out their site, man. They they branching out. So salute to Billy and Charlene White. Also, if you're looking to refinance, man, you need a loan, please use this website, alcovahighlands.com. That's alcovahighlands.com to get in contact with an individual at Alcova Mortgage so you can get a loan and you can free up some some ends for you because Believe it or not, we're getting close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, just like that. So those are the two proud sponsors of the Ballhawk Show. If you want to be a proud sponsor, hit me up. Um, just use the contact us box at amonhawkins.com. Or if you want to just provide a monthly donation, go to anchor.fm. Um, search the Ballhawk Show podcast. They got a support button. And you could just, you know, 99 cent. Five ninety nine. I mean, not four ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. I appreciate everybody's. But what? Hold, hold on, time out. So, Petty Hawk is telling me that I'm tapping into his DJ time to get everybody's mind right for this recap. Because he said we got to get our mind right because we two and two, and we just lost another road game. And he said he got something special for me. He said I would enjoy this playlist that he got. I don't like how he's singling me out. And people are like, who are you talking to? So Petty Hall used to have a, he used to talk. This was like 2019. He would talk, but I decided not let him talk outwardly because he would say some things that I would have to just cut. Like, for, for instance, right, I just did it before I, like, so this is the second time I recorded this episode because I got like 25 minutes in and I let Petty Hawk talk. And I realized the record button wasn't pushed. So we wasn't recording. So the man upstairs be letting us know, like, you may not want to let him talk because we wasn't even recording. So this is actually the second take. A lot of times I don't do takes. Like, what you hear is what I did the first time. Even if I mess up, you're going to hear me say, oh, that was wrong. Because I like to show my imperfections. I'm far from perfect. So, yeah, Petty Hawk is definitely getting mad at me. Because he's saying, yo, it's my time to shine. So let's see what Petty Hawk got in store for us today. Go ahead, DJ Petty Hawk on the ones and twos. Sit back, relax, chill out about two, three minutes of some good music. I don't know what he's going to play, but get your mind right. Let's go. Something for my godson Elijah and little girl named Corinne. Uh. 
Oh, you playing that cheek back of the book? The sweet of the juice, I save the dark of the flesh. Oh, you trying to get on my good side today. I give my holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. Don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call him how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a hat And since we all came from a woman, got a name from a woman And I came from a woman I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right okay, to tell Okay, Petty I see you. What you mean? You ain't, oh, so you won't done? Oh, you got another song? All right, let's, you, so play this one too? Okay, I got you. I guess change is good for Oh, so you and your Tupac bag for me, huh? Get up out oh, okay, my bad. I'm, I'm going to be quiet. I ain't mad at you. Here we go. For you. you playing more Tupac. Yeah. All the homies that I ain't talked to in a while. I'm going to send this one out for y'all. Petty Hawk, who are you mad at, though? What, like, why are you playing I ain't mad at you? Who are you mad at? Are you saying that we not mad at them? Oh, what are you trying to say, Petty? Okay, my bad. Cause I ain't mad at you. Now we was once two the ends of the same kind. Quick to holler at a hoochie with the same line. You was just a little smaller, but you still roll. Got stressed to Y.A. and hit the hood swole. Remember when you had it, Jerry Curl didn't quite. Hold on, Petty Hawk. I think I know what you're doing. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. Collect calls to the tilt, saying how you changed. Oh, you a Muslim now. No more dope games. Heard you might be coming home, just got bail. Wanna go to the monster, wanna chase tail. And since I lost my little homie, he's a changed man. Hit the pen and now no sinning is the game plan. When I talk about money, all you see is the struggle. When I tell you I'm living large, you tell me it's trouble. Congratulations on the wedding. I hope your wife knows she got a player for life. And that's no issue. I know we grew apart. You probably don't remember. I used to think for your sister, but never knew for him. And not to see us after school. We bomb on the first one. Up with us with the wrong. But it's home. Now the whole issue changed. And we don't even kick it. Got a big money scheme. And you ain't even with it. Knew in my heart you was the same. Up with us. bad. Go toe to toe when it's time for growth. You got a brother's back. And I can't even trip. Cause I'm just laughing at you You trying hard to maintain And go ahead Cause I ain't mad at you oh, Come on everybody sing it Let's go Hey I ain't mad at you Let's go Come on I ain't mad at you Oh my bad You got one more song all right, man. He got one more. Yo, Petty Hawk, come on, man. I, I see what you're doing. You're not slick. It's the same thing you did with the last recap, playing the Atomic Dogs and, and where my dog's at. You're not slick. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you why you playing the, the this type of theme song. Okay? You got one more. All right. Okay. But through whatever you see, through all the rain and the pain, you got to keep your sense of humor. You got to be able to smile through all this. 
Oh, you done went, you done went in your bag, Patty Hawk. Okay. Hey, I keep your head up. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, this is my jam right here. Our lifestyles be closed captioned Addicted to fame for tractions Pictures of actions Played back in the midst of magic No fairy tales For this young black male Some see me stranded in this land of hell Jail and sales Hustling and hardly think of culture Or the repercussions while busting on backstabbing vultures Selling my soul for material wishes Fast cars and Wishing I live my life a legend Immortalized the bitches mm. Watch that tears say your sympathy my childhood years was spent burying my peers Ooh. in the cemetery. Here's a message to the. I don't know if y'all listen to what Tupac is saying, but these lyrics bring chills to my like. I, I like I get emotional when I hear what he's saying in that verse right there. Like, all right, let me keep going. All right, I'm a, I'm gonna finish this. Petty Hawk, did you you wrong for playing the song? Because you know how I get with this song, bro. Like what he's saying hits home to me. Newborns waiting to breathe. If you believe, then you can achieve. Just look at me against all odds. So life is hard. Uh huh. Living in the projects, broke with no lights on. To all the seas that follow me, protect your essence. Born with less, but they still precious. Just smile, smile for me now. now. You gotta smile. For me now, you ain't got nothing to be worried about. You got nothing to be worried about. Smell for me now. All right, all right, all right, all right. I get it. I get it, Petty Hawk. I get it. I get it. I know why you played that. Y'all want to know why Petty Hawk played those songs? Because Petty Hawk's. Can I share with them, Petty Hawk? I know they they can't hear you. I don't I don't allow them to hear you anymore. So they think I'm crazy and talking to myself right now. So Petty Hawk can identify with the pulse of some of the fan base with with Brendan Armstrong, and that was Petty Hawk's way of speaking to Brendan. Like, keep your head up. I ain't mad at you, and just smile. Like, relax. We understand. It's some changes going through. You're going through a storm. It's going to get better, bro. You that guy. Petty Hawk was speaking to Brendan Armstrong. I'm going to be honest with y'all. He saw comments and people like saying, yo, what's going on? We need to bench him. Put in this guy. We ain't beating around the bush. We seen it. It happens. So, B.A., if you listen to this, Petty Hawk, he's supporting you, man. That's why he played Tupac songs speaking to you. You know, keep your head up. I ain't mad at you. And smile. So that's why he played those songs. So let's jump right into the game, shall we? First off, we're going to start out with stats like we always do about this time. Attendance for the Syracuse versus Virginia game was Syracuse won 22-0. We started this segment of stats at, I'm going to say 15 minutes, 2 one at the 15 minute mark timestamp, if you came right here, we're going over the stats. The attendance for this game was 34,590 people. It sounded like it was 70,000 people in the JMA Wireless Dome. I felt at home. Boy, that felt like an arena football game. I ain't going to lie to you. Why? Because arena football, we played in basketball arenas, and I mean, it's loud. 
for for just to be thirty four thousand people, the fact that you in the dome and they might play through the speakers too. I don't know, but man, when I tell you it was shaking in there, good gracious! So they start off the season four and zero, two and zero in the ACC. We are now two and two, zero and one in the ACC. They were calling us all types of losers and putting up the fours when we was losing. I mean, like walking off the field. Salute to the Q's fans. I know you're excited. Y'all got picked to be last in the ACC. You're now unbeaten. Salute to y'all, man. Uh, now let's go with the team stats because I went over the score, 22 to 20. Let's look at the team stats. First down, Syracuse had 21 first downs to UVA 17. Net rushing yards, drum roll. UVA had 149 yards rushing. Syracuse had 75 this is two straight games in which the Cavalier defense has held a team to under 100 yards rushing. This is after the first two games in which it was a lot of worry because you gave up 170, and I think you gave up like 199 to Illinois. Anyway, since those first two games, 89 and 75 yards respectively on the ground that the Cavalier defense has yielded, and this they went up against a first-team All-American running back. So, good job. Net yards passing. Dr. Bob's air raid offense had 277 yards passing. We had, with Brendan Armstrong as our quarterback and the receivers, we had 138 yards passing. We attempted five more passes than them. We threw the ball 38 times. They threw the ball 33 times. They ran the ball 38 times. They actually ran the ball more than they passed the ball. They had 38 rush attempts to 33 pass attempts. We had 29 rushing attempts to uh, 38 passing attempts. They averaged 12.6 yards per completion. We averaged 7.3 yards per completion. We had one passing touchdown. They had zero. Total offensive yards. They had 352 yards of total offense. We had 287 yards of total offense. They ran 71 offensive plays. We ran 67 offensive plays. Oh, and we averaged 5.1 yards of rush, and we limited limited it them to two yards rushing. Two, two yards rushing per attempt um well the stats time of possession they had the ball for 34 minutes and 50 seconds we had the ball 25 minutes and 10 seconds um the fourth quarter they had the was uh i want to say the so the second and fourth quarter they had the ball over nine minutes third down conversions we were three of 12 they were five of fifteen. We got to get better on third down conversion. It was three of twelve this game. Well, was it one of thirteen? So on the road, we are four of twenty-five on third down. I believe. If I'm not, yeah, because I think we was one of thirteen versus Illinois. So on the road, we are four of twenty-five on third down on the road. Over three on field goals this game, they were four or five. That was the difference. 
And I'm gonna get you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get it to us soon. Uh, we had six sacks. They had four sacks. So let's go. Let's get it. Let's go defensive uh, individuals first. Uh, Jonas Saker and Nick Jackson ha- both had ten tackles. Nick Jackson had his ten tackles in three quarters because um, he got ejected for targeting. Which by the letter of the law, it was definitely targeting. But it's they need to really. Uh, upgrade the rule because once a defensive person launches themselves and the quarter and not the quarterback but the the runner changes levels it's a little different and I can understand like hitting a receiver that's catching the ball and your helmet hitting the crown of their face mask but a ball carrier I think it's like with Nick Jackson's situation the quarterback was a runner he was running and he changed his level so Nick's Nick kept his head up but the crown of his helmet hit the face mask of the quarterback it's a little different to me than when Keaton got hit by the safety because it was a bang bang but that's the defenseless receiver type of uh stance because he just caught the ball and even then, and even then, to me, the safety kept his head up. He put his face in the chest of Keaton. Uh, but I think it's a little. But Keaton didn't change his level. He remained the same level with Nick's situation. And and even if Brendan would have got hit the same way, I would have felt I'd be feeling the same. So it's not me. Just you know, I like you know, like Nick's my guy, and then he's on our team, and I ain't got no rose orange, you know, no orange color shades. Like I just feel like you got to update the rule and always take into the fact that. You can throw a 15-yard penalty, but I feel like you should give a college kid two opportunities, like two personal fouls, two targetings. Like, I feel like you get the 15-yard penalty, and that's your first unsportsmanlike conduct because, you know, you can only get you, – you get two, you out. So it's almost like the technical. I, like, for that, for, for this one, you can stay in. If we feel like it was malicious and you really dropped your head down – then you got to go. But if you kept your face up and the change in the level caused your crown of your helmet to hit the face mask of the runner, then you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it should be some discretion is what I'm saying. So 10 tackles apiece for them. Uh, Nick Jackson also had a sack. He also had a tackle for loss. Jonas Saker also had an interception and he had a fumble recovery. So Jonas Saker had 10 tackles, one interception and one fumble recovery. Darius Bratton had nine tackles. Uh, Lex Long had eight tackles, one forced fumble. Uh, Jameer Carter had six tackles, one tackle for a loss, the juggernaut. James Jackson coming off the bench had six tackles. He played very well this game. James, you played very well this game. I know people got after you after the first game. I felt like filling in for uh, Ahern, where Ahern got his shoulder got, you know, situation took place I felt like you really came in and you were locked in you were better prepared you understood the speed of the game like you played well bro um AJ my man Gucci had five tackles one pass breakup Chico Chico Bennett had four tackles two sacks two tackle four loss one from recovery Chico Chico coming into his own man I'm telling you Chico to me and this is this like both our ends actually because Cam balling too but one thing about Chico that I like his motor, his ability to understand. So a lot of teams run inside zone, right? The zone reads. 
and in years past when teams ran the zone read versus us, our backside end that was unblocked could never run down the running back, right? If the quarterback gave to the back, that end that has quarterback never ran down running backs. Chico does a good job of staying square and just scraping the line of scrimmage and going to get the back, not allowing the cutback. Like, Chico, like, man, Chico be hunting. He be hunting, man. Salute. Two sacks for Chico. Fentrell had three tackles, three pass breakup. As much as we ragged on the DBs last year, two, three, technique, confidence, ball awareness, kids playing very well this year. Cypress is playing well. If we're going to give people that heat and put the flame on them when they playing like trash can juice, you got to be that same G and give them their flowers when they playing well. That boy playing well, man. Cam Butler, Mr. I'll make you jump off sides. Like Cam influences a, a false start by a tackle, seemed like every game. He had two tackles, tackle for a loss, a hell of a forced fumble um, early in the game in which we – was it early in the game? Yeah, early in the game in which we needed. Um, Horton had two tackles and a forced fumble. That's Mr. Kickoff Man himself. If we get a touchback, watch 93 when he run down on kickoff. He'd be pissed off when the returner don't bring it out. And he showed y'all why them returners need to keep it in the end zone because he punished a little buddy. Uh, Aaron Famui, two tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss. Salute to my man Aaron Famui, Hawaii. My guy came on a walkthrough. If you haven't checked that episode out, go check it out. Um, I got it on my webpage of myhawkins.com um, if you want to locate it. Um, Elijah Gaines and Derek Devine both had a tackle. Paul AK, I call him AK. He had a sack, tackle for a loss. Um, Smiley had a tackle. And a tackle for a loss. Cross had a tackle. Gaffney had a tackle. Josh Ahern had a tackle. And my man Donovan Johnson had the fumble recovery. So those are the defensive individual stats right there. We go to offensive stats. Paris Jones, 87 yards rushing on 13 carries. Average 6.7 yards a carry. Um, Paris made a lot of individual runs that I was very impressed with. Like, it's a hat on hat. Syracuse backers did a good job of, of their run fits, and it was seemingly nothing there, and he would bounce it, and it could be a safety just waiting on him in Paris to do that Peter Ward pressure stuff and just get inside the safety and burst up the field, man. So uh, his vision was on 100 this game. So salute to Paris for his ability to run hard and make you know uh, minimal gain into a very moderate gain. Because I felt like our linemen did a good job of hat on hat in that second half. And, and we're going to go over offensively, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of half that we have. Uh, Brendan Armstrong, he was credited for 11 rushes for 29 yards. Uh, he had 46 gains, 17 loss, so he ended up with 29 yards. Uh, Mike Hollins had two carries for 22 yards. Keaton had two carries for 10 yards and a touchdown. Xavier Brown had one, one carry for one yard. Um, they only gave X Man one carry. It looked like he rushed it a little bit, but that's the that's the thing about us, man. We got we got some backs who could definitely get the job done. It just depends on pass pro and who has the matchup and things like that. Because I know fans are like, man, Xavier only got 
one touch what's going on. But you could tell the game plan we were trying to get Syracuse DBs out in space and a tackle one-on-one. And, again, I'll get into that once I get through these stats. Uh, their All-American running back, Sean Tucker, only had 60 yards on 21 carries. 60 yards on 21 carries. Man. A broad applause for the defensive line, the front seven, and also the safeties filling in those those A and B gaps. This was probably one of the most impressive run fit performances that I've seen out of the UVA defense in a long since the Duke game last year when we played Duke and they had Durant. And I will, you know, that was you know. That was a rainy day, but this their ability to strike with their hands, hold the point, and for everybody to play off of each other versus this dynamic back, and in an air raid where it's spread out and it's a lot of ground you got to cover and got to be disciplined, and that dude slippery when wet, to hold him to 60 yards on 21 carries, averaging 2.9 yards per carry, that's phenomenal. We lost, but damn it, that's phenomenal. I'm pointing that out. We're not going to do that. I know we want to win, but we were still praise our offense last year when it was having over five, 500 yards. We were still in awe. Like, man, did you see that second quarter? We're going to do the same thing for the – like, Coach Rudd, I don't know what you did from the first two games of this game and and Coach Downing and Coach Slade – and co sent him, but y'all keep doing what you're doing, bro. Build on this. Build on this. I was I was highly impressed. Highly impressed. Like real talk. Passing yards. We said Brendan Armstrong only had 138 yards on 38 damn pass attempts. He had 138 yards. That ain't good. Not for him. For him. That guy? Who could give you 400 easy? Never thought I'd see the day he throw 38 passes. So on the road, Brendan Armstrong is averaging 100 yards passing. Because versus Illinois, I think he had 100 yards passing. At least he got a touchdown pass now. But on the road, this man averaging about 150 yards passing. Brendan Armstrong. Yikes. That's a yikes. What? Keaton Thompson was targeted 14 times, had eight catches for 55 yards. Wicks was targeted 10 times, had five catches, 45 yards. Grant was targeted three times, had two catches, 18 yards. Mike was targeted three times, two catches, 15 yards. Lavelle targeted four times, one catch, four yards, and a touchdown. PJ2 was targeted two times, had one catch. And Ethan Davies was targeted one time. Salute to Ethan. Um, Keaton had 32 yards after the catch. Wicks had 25 yards after the catch. Grant had 14 yards after the catch. Mike had 14 yards after the catch. 
Aronde Gats in the second. His, you know, y'all know the Aronde Gats and played for Miami had 107 yards on seven catches. That was all in the first half. Schrader, their quarterback, 277 yards, one interception on 33 pass attempts. He was sacked four, uh, six times, as I stated. Bennett was sacked four times. Um, Starlin had 101 kickoff return yards. Yo, Starlin, you you one man away from breaking, brother. One man. I like that you run so violent. You give me the Joe Reed vibes, how you hit it. I like how you hit it. Full speed. And when I tell y'all that kid got some top-end speed that's crazy, I hope he get that opportunity to show y'all he can fly. So he's going to put stress on kickoff teams. He could get us – I mean, he gets us those 30-yard returns when we definitely need it so we won't be backed up. So I like that Demeek's back there. Um, as far, and People always ask me, like, why he not returning punts. I always say, man – um. I'd rather you have somebody that's short-handed and just get the possession. We at the we at the point right now, bro, where we just got to get the possession. Like it's levels to this. So with that being said, um, who should I do first, offense or defense? We're gonna do offense again, man. We're gonna talk about offense. All right. So I'm I'm trying to do a timestamp. That's why. So 33 minute mark. Boom. Here we are. Welcome to the offensive breakdown of this recap. So I charted all, it was over 70 plays because you got penalties on the film. I charted every play. So I'm not going to go through every play, but I will say this. If you heard my interviews with Tony Elliott on Virginia Sports Network, um, I just had a brain fart. Like I just, my brain just went like totally blank right now. But he talked about like coming out of halftime, how you know, stay the course, right? Continue to work your technique. Don't resort back to old habits. If they just trust, like trust the system, trust it. Because a lot of times, man, In anything, right? Like whether whether it's your parents telling you something, whether it's like a diet, whether it's like a workout plan, like you feel like if you don't see immediate results, you feel like you're doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? So the same thing applies in sports when you're working on a different technique or you got a different scheme. Like if you don't see that immediate success, you feel like it's a failure. And it's like a, a tale of uh, two worlds, like offensively and defense. Like defense, no disrespect to Nick and Coach Bronco and them, we're just being transparent. Defense last year, the past two years, was trash can juice. No disrespect to anybody that played on the defense. But overall, like numbers-wise and stat-wise and ranking-wise, like it's in the trash can juice realm. You know what I'm saying? So – when you bring in a new defensive staff and you're not in the trash can juice realm and you improve, you're going to buy in because you see improvement, correct? So here's here's where we at with the offense. From a fan's perspective, when you look at our offense, 
you're going to say rushing offense, definitely better. We can run the football because the numbers back it up, correct? So you feel like that the technique and everything that's being uh, communicated to you, you can trust the process because you are seeing results, like immediate results. But if you look at the outside parts, meaning the receivers and the quarterback, you like, what's going on? This ain't it. Because the numbers show it makes it appear that this is not working. But there's so many moving parts when it comes to passing the football that the easiest thing for the common fan to look at is numbers because that's what's provided to you. Unless you know the call in the huddle, unless you know the reads, unless you know the coverage, all you can rely on is a result. So a lot, that's why people love stats because that's the one thing that we can definitely look and hold on to is stats because we don't know what's being called. We don't know if it was a check. I don't know the front. I don't know what the linebacker did. I don't know if the receiver was supposed to go 10 and he went seven yards. I don't know if it's cover two, cover three. Like a fan's not going to know all that because they're not privy to end zone copies and sideline copies and being in a rewind. Like TV copy gives you the ball. Majority of the time, we look at who has the ball. So when a quarterback drops back, we may glance at the receiver initially, but we're going to look at the ball. Everybody pays attention to the ball. And then when the ball is thrown, we're going to follow the ball to whichever receiver he's throwing to. And majority of the time, after the ball is thrown, we might glance at the other receivers and we might, ooh, so-and-so is wide open because the person that's covering them is converging to the ball. So you start to get that that uh, view of B.A. of saying, it looks like B.A. just locking in. Because I've been seeing fans like, man, is B.A. just locking in the one receiver? Is he not reading the, the field correctly? And I can't 100% agree with you. I can't 100% disagree with you because I don't know what Coach, what Coach Kitchens and, and Coach Elliott is telling him as far as his progression. You know, if his man, check out this route concept. If his zone, check this side out. If they, if they plan off, you got the ability to sight adjust this. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know all of that. So I'm saying all that to say this. When I break down what took place, I'm not saying it matter of fact. I'm giving you my educated opinion. That's it. And it could differ from yours. And at the end of the day, guess what? We both could be right. Because we're just saying hypothetically, he should have did this. So I'm just putting that caveat out there because I know when folks hear things, they say, oh, Ballhawk said this. I'm giving you my educated opinion based off watching the film and charting it and writing down notes. So let's get right to it. So let's get right to it. My bad. First thing I noticed about BA this year compared to last year. Last year, his footwork, his mechanics were a lot better. And there's a lot of things that could play into that. First, time. We know the offensive line is young. So the time that he has in the pocket is different. He played in the air raid. It's wide open. If you didn't see the Syracuse quarterback, Schrader, the air raid allows you to 
like hit reads right now because it's spread out. Some people call it a gimmick offense, right? It puts a lot of stress on safeties. Because when I give you the defensive breakdown, I'm going to tell you how Dr. Bob actually let us off the hook because he was Dr. Bob. You know how he do things. But So in this scheme, a pro-style scheme, a scheme that would benefit B.A. in the long run if he can master it because it adds more tools to his toolbox. It's no different than somebody who don't like to play D coming to Tony Bennett's basketball team, and now he has to play defense. And now he has to work within the block removal scheme when he was just one full flat freestyling, crossing you up. So for all my basketball fans who love our basketball team, that's like if a high five-star recruit who you see all these videos that could cross people up and go one-on-one and they come play at UVA right now. We know good and damn well he ain't going to be one-on-one nobody in that block remover that Bennett runs. He's going to have to run through the scheme. And the scheme is successful because he's won a national championship. So we're going to say, hey, man, that dude better get in where he fit in because Tony has demonstrated that he can win, Tony Bennett. And I feel like B.A.'s in this situation within this scheme, right? It's just one of the things that we've seen other quarterbacks successful. And, look, I don't know if this – so Coach Kitchen is the offensive coordinator. This offense doesn't like the same offense that was running. It got it got some of the same principles, but Coach Elliott is going to allow Coach Kitchens to run his scheme. This is a this is not a hundred percent Tony Elliott scheme from Clemson. This might be a marriage. I see some re- resemblance of things that Clemson ran, but I see things that Coach Kitchens, when he calls plays, is is you're going to go to your muscle memory. It's no different than a player going back to their muscle memory and, and trusting the scheme, trusting the system. So here's my thing with B.A. that I'm seeing. This offense is more confined. It's asking him to be decisive, right? It's not going to be a, open, a lot of open uh, alleys for him to just take off and improvise. It's just not. Now, with that being said, receivers as well, it's, 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 playing on, it's taking a toll on them because if you look at how Wicks ran his routes last year, how Keaton ran his routes last year, they had a lot more what we call wiggle room, ability to stem, set you up, kind of burst, change speeds. I don't feel like this scheme allows them to do that because it's time-based. And also, also, let's factor in, the guys up front aren't going to allow you to do all that in your routes. Respectfully, because they're still getting better by games. More reps, more playing time, they're becoming more comfortable. So that's why you see pass pro may break down early versus late because Coach 2J shows an adjustment, get them to relax. You get used to the game speed. You get used to what you're seeing as far as your opponent. Is he going to run the hoop? Is he going to try to spin and come underneath? Are you going to run a lot of games, a lot of twists? So that's why the pass pro starts to become better as the game progresses because you start to see the tendencies of the defense. So with that being said, again, and that's a lot of information I just told you all. Let's get back to B.A. That's a lot that's changing. So you go from a dude, and I'm going to keep talking in basketball terms. I know y'all love basketball. And y'all pay attention because our basketball is up there. You got a dude who's running a one-fold flat, 
aka the air raid, now running in the block removal, structured, pass, go down, run around the screen, catching rhythm. If you don't got it, move the ball again. So this is game four. So, yes, he's still struggling. In the perfect world, we would think he wouldn't struggle, right? Because he's B.A. He's Brendan Armstrong, one of the best in the country. Ain't no way he'll struggle. You'll struggle. Unless it was truly defined that we were a power eye, like a, like when Russell Wilson went from NC State to Wisconsin. He went under center, power eye, run the ball, run the ball, play action, the windows open. This is still asking B.A. to pass, but it's a different type of reads he got to make, different type of timing. Like, you see many a times, yes, uh, Friday, Wicks and B.A. don't be on the same page. I don't know if it's the way that Wicks is running his routes. I don't know if B.A. is expecting him to be at a spot that he's not in. That's something they got to continue to work out because, yes, it will work in practice because there's not a lot of stress in practice. It's practice. Ain't nobody trying to hit B.A. in the face. So that's why I think a lot of times it's his feet. When B.A. really stands tall in the pocket, no, I'm going to tell you all this. Next time we play a game, when we play Duke, if you could watch any replay or just pay attention to B.A. in the pocket, if his back foot comes up upon releasing the football, it's going to be an accurate throw. If his back foot stays down and you can see both hips and it's like he's square to the line of scrimmage, it's an arm throw. He's muscling it in. But when B.A. really step up and his back foot come up, it's going to be an accurate, powerful throw. That's when he's at his best. But if he feel like some heat is coming, if B.A. is like has his so um, y'all can't see me. But if B.A. gets the ball from the center and he's just has his shoulder in the middle of the field. Right. If he doesn't step to the like when he steps to the right, if he doesn't drive off that back foot and that back foot come up. It's not going to be a good throw to the outside. So it's times where he's throwing the, he was throwing the ball to Keaton. It was a, what the fourth and fourth and two it was a tight it was a tight twins to the field. They were playing off coverage, and I felt like it could have been a sight adjustment. It's like I'd have been like kill, 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 smoke, smoke, smoke. That's the that's the you know that's a check we had to where we see it's fourth and two. It's a tight twins. You got the very inside receiver. He would be the smoke guy. You would say, all right, it's fourth and two. They playing seven yards off. They're going to try to box coverage us. Throw it to him right now. A quick smoke route. Boom. It's like a pitch. Catch the ball. Go right up the field. You get two yards. But we ran a sale concept with Keaton ran the out. And Wicks was the very inside receiver. He ran a, po- a corner route, which we call a sale. And B.A. didn't step into it. His hips his foot got outside the framework of his body and he threw an arm. He just muscled it out there. Now, granted, the corner kind of pulled Keaton's hip, but most of the time they don't call that. A lot of time, I just think, I don't know if the pressure at the beginning of the season has created bad. And I told y'all this, I was worried about this. With Brennan getting hit, is it creating bad mechanics and bad habits? Is his clock getting accelerated to where he's not allowing his receivers to get to this spot because he's 
I don't want to say he's fearing, but he's protecting himself from getting hit upon releasing the football. He's human. Nobody wants to keep getting hit in the face. Because it was times where I felt like he could have threw a better ball. Like, again, if we're in the red zone and you got Lavelle Davis, the ball should not be going out of damn bounds. If it's going to be contested, it better drop in, in bounds. Why are you out of bounds? Why is the ball taking you out of bounds? But I don't know, man. A lot of the deep throws, our, our receivers just don't have a chance. Um, we ran a deep ball to Wicks on play 18. Wicks gets a very good release. I wish he would have stacked the corner a little bit more. But if he would have stacked the corner, the ball was overthrown. And it sailed basically out of bounds. Like, we got to get our time now because we can't take vertical shots. It, it, we don't have a chance. I did like the vertical you threw to Lavelle. You gave him an opportunity on a pass interference. Um, I feel like anytime you throw the ball to Lavelle Davis, it should be, like, high and short. Just make him plant his feet and elevate. It should not go out of bounds. Matter of fact, all our all our receivers, even the Wicks, Wicks could jump. We remember the Georgia Tech game when he mossed two dudes. Like in a perfect world, again, I'm playing armchair quarterback. I'm not a quarterback. I'm just saying I wish, because <laughs> that can lead up to interceptions and stuff too, depending on where the safety is at. But I think with BA struggle, it just is. It just is mechanics. His, his feet, his feet, his feet. He got to make sure. No matter what, keep that ball tight to your chest with two hands. Climb that pocket and step into it. When you when you make a decision, step into it. And I'm not getting hit like he is. So I don't know if that's taking the toll. But I do know one thing, B.A., don't lose your confidence, man. Don't lose your confidence. You can't relive what you did last year. That's history. That's in the past. You can't do it no more. This is a, You can't. All you can do is continue to master this game. Make sure that your fundamentals are always on point. That's what the coach staff asks each and every player. Make sure you are executing your fundamentals and what's asked of you every play. Don't resort back. It reminds me of boxing. This is better. This is even better. You know how we see boxers that's known to knock people out, right? They be knocking everybody out. Boo, boo, like Deontay Wilders, the Arturo Goddess. Boo, boo, just knocking people out. And then they meet their match, right? They finally meet somebody who could box them. And they their wild looping punches or the power punches just ain't going to do, do it for them no more. Like they, they plateaued in a sense. And they known as just a slugger. And it's like Rocky Three. When when Clubber Lane beat Rocky, right? Because cause Rocky was a slugger and Clubber was a guy who could slug too. And you couldn't out-slug Clubber Lane because he was just too strong. And Apollo had to to train Rocky Balboa. And Rocky would get, he got frustrated in the ring. You know, he was training with Apollo and Apollo was jabbing his face off. And, and Rocky just felt like he couldn't do it. He just want to resort back to pushing you in the corner, hitting you into your body, getting punched in the face 30,000 times, saying, cut me, Mick. I'm tough. I don't hit him in the body for 12 rounds, and they're going to collapse. No, sir. Club Elaine won't go and collapse because he's going to get you up out of there. He's going to punish you. Pain. 
because he pitied the fool. But Rocky had to, like, get told by Adrian that he can do it, that Mick was gone. And Rocky had to say he was afraid. He was afraid to fail. And she was like, well, you just got punched in the face and failed. What you scared of? He just knocked your ass out. Excuse my language. Why are you scared? You don't went through the storm. The worst of the worst. Believe in yourself. Believe in the technique. Believe in who, who, who training you, Rocky. And then you hear the dan, the dan, the dan, the dan, 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 the dan, the dan, the dan, dan, and then him and Apollo running on the beach with the little booty shirt, booty, uh, booty shorts and stuff. And then he dancing in the ring with his little halter top, like he was Richard Simmons. And then getting strong now, and he getting light on his feet. And then in the end, all of a sudden, he could beat Apollo Creed and running. And then he get in the fight. Then he get in the fight with with Club Lane, right? And Club Lane, when they start fighting. And Rock get in the first couple rounds. Rock like, man, I don't like this box stuff. I'm going to punch him in the face. And then what happened in Rocky 3? I know I'm getting long-winded. What happened in Rocky 3? Rocky realized he could have a marriage between the two. He could be a slugger and a boxer. And that's when he told Club Elaine, you ain't so bad. Because he realized... Yeah, I could get hit in the face, but I could pick and choose when Clubber get hit me in my face. I could I could sucker him in to a slugging match, and when he starts slugging me again, I'm going to start boxing because I got him coming forward. And then after I done dodged all those punches, now I could utilize my slugging tactics and start hitting him with power shots. So if you look at Rocky III, that second fight, when Apollo was like, what the hell is he doing? And Paulie said, he's getting mad. Yo, Brennan, hey, yo, Rock, I need you to get mad. Marriage the two. You can still be the air raid BA within the confine of the kitchens and Tony Elliott scheme. You can't. It ain't so bad. And I felt like y'all did in the second half. Y'all like that segue? Look at the offense between the first half and the second half. The play calling, definitely. I want to say this about the play calling. I actually liked the plays we ran in the first half. Like what we were trying to do to them. We came out throwing screens, trying to get those corners who could cover well to tackle in space. They did a good job of deciphering what was going on with the uh, pre-snap motions. And was throwing quick screens to Keaton and their safety did a good job with the individualized one-on-one tackles with Keaton, one of the most difficult guys to tackle in space. Even their corner, Sub-Zero and Williams, they did a good job of tackling in space. You tip your hat to them. But that's what you want. Get the ball out to your playmakers, see if they can make a play one-on-one in space. And then in the second half, we kept doing it, and guess what? Keaton started popping them because they couldn't make those same plays because the game started taking his toll. Then we started running the football, right? Just getting the hat on hat, not trying to do too much. Don't do too much. Just do your job. Boom, block down, block down. Middle linebacker waiting for Paris on the inside zone. What does Paris do? Up. I know the middle back is going to be in the gap because our center is tandem blocking. He's trying to get up to the other backer. So this backer steps up in the A gap. I'm going to bounce it to the C gap. Safety's there. What should I do? Practice what I've been taught. Practice my technique. Put my foot in the ground. Get up the field. So even though it looks like he's bottled up, it ends up being a six-yard game because he utilized what was taught to him. In the first half, 
guys are resorting back to, oh, it ain't working. Let me go back to what I know. No, stay the course. Stay the course. Coach Walsh do that. We just keep running in the cloud of dust. Keep running in the cloud of dust. Keep running in the cloud of dust. We might punt. Defense, do your job. Boom, they do their job. Offense, get it back. Cloud of dust. Cloud of dust. We might get a first down in the cloud of dust. Cloud of dust. Punt it again. Everybody like, oh, we ain't getting on the offense. Nah. Nah. Keep doing what we, we plan to do. Keep, keep executing your technique. Because that one time, one of them dudes don't execute their technique on the defense, and you where you're supposed to be, boom, you get a big run. That's what happened in the second half. Executed the technique that's being taught to us every single day. Muscle memory. Just keep doing what's asked of you. Doing what's Because here's the thing. As a player, if you do what's asked of you and it don't work, it ain't on you. But if you do what you want to do and it don't work, you getting chewed out. You got to trust in the system. If you trust in the system and it ain't working, then the system got to change. You got to look at the system like system, as in coach. This ain't it, dog. Come on. They ain't got no choice but to be like, you know what? You right. But everybody been saying, get the ball to Keaton. What Coach Kitchen say? You right. So what did he do this game? Get the ball to 9-9. Ran the unbalance in the goal line. One guard. We got six people on the right side ready to block. Quick pitch to Keaton. Touchdown. But we, we, we just, it just, the route combinations are getting better. We still got to execute them better. B.A., you, for some reason, you're not seeing some disguises. Like, one time you threw a speed out to Lavelle and you didn't even see Grant Williams, I think his name is Grant, what, number eight Williams, just sitting there, heavy outside, rolling up the play cover two. And it should have been picked. You got lucky it wasn't picked. I will say, I feel like your clock is just accelerated a little too much to where you feel like I got to get the ball out because I'm getting hit. And that can, hey, that's why you hit quarterbacks. That's why you get pressure. He's the most pressured quarterback in college football, ladies and gentlemen, by stats. Go look at the numbers. I think he's pressured 45% of the time. Shout out to the voice, John Freeman. He he shared that. Brendan Armstrong is the most pressured quarterback in college football. So when folks say, what's wrong with him? I'm like, well, let's keep it in the context. People in his face, he ain't used to that. He got to get used. Even the great Tom Brady, who people consider the GOAT. What's the one thing they say Tom Brady hate? Pressure in his face. So he just got to continue to improve. He got to always make sure he's ready because it's going to be times where there ain't going to be no damn pressure. And if it's not no pressure, you ain't got no excuse to not have good fundamentals and deliver a good ball. That's what I do want to say. You got to keep it 50 feet street, as my man say. Paris ran hard. Mike, Mike Hollins ran hard. Um. Overall, offensively, offensive, offensive line, they, you guys play so much better in the second half, man. Y'all play so much better. Y'all continue to fight. You was down 16-0. Um, you opened a drive. We was very complimentary. I don't want to say we was balanced. We played complimentary football. We ran inside zone. We ran some inside counters. We had play action off of the same action. See, that's the one thing I can appreciate about this offense. 
we got counters off of counters. Like things look the same, but we run different plays out of the same flow. Now that's I could say, look, we might be struggling statistically, but as far as how we set things up, I like it. We showing different looks. We showing you just can't run with Paris because we putting the ball in his belly. We we showing you just can't expect BA to run the football when he faking the Paris. Because we faking it not Perry, Paris. We faking it to Paris and throwing it to Keaton on the outside. So now what's that gonna do? That's gonna hold that in to where you might see BA fake it to him and then take off. We run the quarterback powers out of the same man. I saw some great stuff on film for my offense though. Schematic wise or just how we set things up, man. Oh my gosh, I wish we could have won that game, man. Cause that second half, bro. And coaches learn too. That second half, Coach Kitchens, take that second half game plan, bookmark it. Touch up on that. Whatever your mindset was going to the second half, and it could have just been the it could just be the guys executing better. It could be both. It could be you got more locked in. It could be they got more locked in. But that second half scheme you had had them not knowing what to do. Matter of fact, let me look at the numbers right quick, second half-wise. As far as how we produce. Because in the first half, second quarter, we had 67 yards of total offense. Then 42 yards of total offense. So in the second half, third quarter, we came out. Had 10 more yards of total offense than we had the previous quarter, but 13 points to show for it. And we had a short field after the turnover. So we we drove the ball down the field. Let me see if I could get the play call, uh, the, the play chart of the third quarter pulled up. So that drive coming out of halftime, no huddle shotgun, seven-yard run. By Paris, then we had that false start. Then we had a pass complete to Grant on the sideline. Then we had the pass to Keaton on a on a zone looky route where they got the targeting. Then the next play, we had the pass to Keaton completed. Where Simmons came up and tackled him on the sideline. Then we had a no huddle, incomplete pass. That's when Sub Zero should have had an interception. Then the next play, um, we had a pass complete to Paris. He went through his progressions and threw threw it to the flat to Paris. They was in cover two. Then the next rush on second and six, we had a seven-yard gain by Paris. Then we had a first and ten. Uh, B. Armstrong had a quarterback draw for a four-yard gain. Then he ran the ball again for a six-yard gain. No huddle to Paris for a one-yard gain up the middle. Somebody was all size. And then we had the Keaton Thompson. So that's, what's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Really 11. 11 play drive. I think that was 11 play drive for a touchdown. Oh, oh, oh. And we was going for two. To have 12 guys in the huddle, we can't do that. Get You heard. Like, look, man. You hear the personnel groupings like, come on, man. Come on, players. We They scream out the personnel groupings all the time. Get out the huddle, man. 10-play, 75-yard drive. That's what it was coming out of the third quarter. And then we had a two-play, 13, two-play, 13-yard touchdown drive after the fumble recovery. 
So second half, man, y'all, y'all did. I mean, you had 77 yards in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter as an offense, we had 101 yards on 19 plays. So we outgained them in the second half. We ran one more play than they did because both teams had 19 plays in the fourth quarter. They had 90 yards. We had 101 yards. We had 77 yards rushing in the fourth quarter. So we held them to four yards rushing in the third quarter. One yard rushing in the second quarter. Other than that first drive for their defense, when we ran a stunt, so I think we ran a stunt and the defense end to the boundary. I don't want to say their name, but I think he went a gap. He went too far. I think he was supposed to come to the A gap and he went to the the far B gap. I don't know where he was going and I don't know if they were that. Like, if they was asking him to loop from his boundary alignment all the way to the front side B gap, then, man, that means the D tackle got washed. The D tackle should have came into the week A. But that stunt that we ran on third and 15 allowed their quarterback to just stroll into the end zone because we was in basically cover one on the back end. Like, everybody was in man. And I felt like if that stunt we ran, if that D end would have went into the A gap and just spied him, he would have got bottled up because everybody was covered. I just think the stunt wasn't executed like it was supposed to be. But other than that, that's the only touchdown they scored. We bowed up in the red zone, bend but don't break um, defensively. I will say this, and what's this, the one? With, so, time, I got to do the time set like 104 because I just went right into the defense. But Because I ain't really going to talk about the defense that much, so I, I'll say time set 104 for the defense. But Because I still got to go back to the offense. There's one more play I want to talk about. Um Matter of fact, I'll talk about it right now, and then I'll do another time set. So so I'm not doing a time set for that. See, y'all see, I ain't edited it out because I could have went back and just edited it out. I'm not editing it out. We got to keep going because it's an hour, and I don't want it to be too much longer. Let's get to the last play of the game. The last play of the game, shout out to uh, Who's Rising Facebook group. Um, a gentleman shared a picture, and uh, this, this happens a lot. So I'm not coming at the gentleman who shared the photo. But this is common. This is a common practice by – fans when it comes to somebody being open we see after the ball is thrown reactions and then we think somebody's open so here's what happened fourth down we run a sale concept we call it smash right we call it smash because you're going to hollow the front side corner Syracuse ran cover two we're in the tight twins Keaton runs an arrow route, meaning you run two yards and you run out. You might climb as you go. Some people call it just speed out. We call it an arrow. And then the very inside guy runs a sail route, which is the old school way you go corner. But sail, we call it sail because it's a fluid route, meaning you come out high, you can bend down. But if you come out high and somebody's under you, you keep rising up. The quarterback will throw you up the field. So you're sailing like you're going with the wind in a sense. So I think it was a if my, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it's Lavelle running the sail, which that's what you want. Six seven. Put him on the sail route. We saw 
I give you a prime example on why the sell route is tough to stop. That's what ODU ran on a fourth down play to their big tight end, and Sanker was right there, and he plucked it out there. They were trips. They ran sale. That's all they ran. On that, on that, on that play, that fourth down play they needed, they ran sale. We came back. We ran it out of twins, though. We didn't run it out of trips. We had two receivers to the side. So we ran the same play. The difference was B.A. didn't throw it high and away. Which is a bad throw. If I really feel like, and I could be wrong, right? It's a hypothetical. You can be right in your hypothetical. And going to Keaton. I mean, going to Lavelle. And I'll get to why I, why I feel like Keaton wasn't open. But your hypothetical would still be true. Six foot seven. I think it's subs you. I think uh, it might have been Grant. I think it was Williams out there. Either way, six foot seven Lavelle Davis. Has the leverage. Oh, so he's already. So the safety's on the hash. The veil has him beat to the corner. But the safety has to respect the post route because he's responsible for that half. He knows he has corner help to the cell by the defensive back. The corner that's on the outside that's playing short. He's going to play in between. He's going to get to the dead zone area, which is 12 to 14 yards from the line of scrimmage. Close to the sideline. That's the aiming point for the sell route if you see cover two. This is why I felt like B.A.'s mechanics came into play because the ball came out short. Even if the linebacker doesn't touch the ball or whoever hit the ball, it would have, like, Lavelle would have had to stop and drop down to catch the ball. It was just not a good throw. I felt like if B.A. would have really stepped into that throw and put it high and away like you wanted, I'll take my chances with Lavelle having plenty of room to jump up and pluck the ball. Because they hit the call. They ran the perfect coverage for that formation. Now, I will say this. It would have been interesting to see if Wicks could have popped open on the backside dig. If B.A. would have just climbed the pocket a step and checked backside on the backside dig. I want to know which window he would have attacked. Because if you remember correctly, Two times we ran a dig to Wicks. One time the linebacker swiped at it as a distraction drill and it hit Wicks in the face. And then the next time it hit the referee. So did that play a role into forcing B.A. to go with the sell arrow concept versus look to the field, look to the field, boom, come backside to the dig? Because you like if you identify as cover two, you look into the field and you come to that dig because you want that backer to slide over one window. Now, to what everybody was talking about with Keaton. Keaton wasn't open, in my opinion, because the corner has his hips pointed at an angle to where his hips are open. He could play both. And what that photo showed was the corner reacting to the release of BA. So when that photo was shared, that's after the fact. I shared a photo before the fact, and you see the corner is playing both of them. But how we are taught as a receiver and how we're taught as a corner, I can give you both perspective. The receiver motto is even he leaving. It's cover two. It'll be harder for him to react and go back versus plant and drive. So I understand why B.A. took the sell route. B. 
Because if you look at the safety in the photo I shared, Lavelle has him outflanked. Lavelle six seven, and his momentum is already going up the field. The corner still has his transition. I just feel like a high throw, high in the way, gives you the same results that ODU did with their tight end. Whether it was a touchdown or whether it was the first down when they ran trips and Sanker got a good jump on it, but the dude was what? 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, it was high in the way. Uh, so just needed a better throw by B.A. And I don't know if he felt like he couldn't step into it. It was just a bad throw. Just a bad throw. I like the concept. Salute to that. I told y'all guys, I thought their, 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 their corners would be the best corners we faced all year, and they showed that. Them jokers could cover. Them jokers could cover. And, and it takes you to be, you know what I'm saying? You got to be on the same page. You got to execute at a high level. All right? So 112.30, let's transition to the defense. Defensively, here's the one thing I think we need to clean up. Offenses are going to start going trips on us. Oh, not even trips. They can go quads, two by two, two receivers each side. Or just have a slot. It don't matter. They All they have to do is show a formation in which they could get, because they know we play five DBs. All they got to do is throw bang eights or slant routes versus us in the slot. That's been unstoppable. Gatson the second was killing us, whether he was running bends, lookies, bang eights, anything that was an inside cut from the slot, he was destroying us, in my opinion, respectfully. Now, we had a couple times where guys were there, but he was making it. He wasn't he even running like good routes. He was just running and planting. That's a concern to me. That's the biggest concern for me. Give me some inside zone action, play action, boom. What we used to see uh, Oregon run all the time. We used to put the ball in the belly of the running back, pull it, and throw that inside slant to the slot. Hell, we even run it. We just couldn't time it out right. B.A. was throwing it at the knees of Keaton. Put it in their chest. We got it in our, in our, in our book as well, and it could be lethal. I wish we would run that more. It's so lethal because the backers got to step up. And and most safeties are playing 10 yards off, head up. Head up to outside. They're not going to play inside because you, you're running away from them. So if we're going to play head up to outside, we got to really understand we got to collision that, in, that outside hip, meaning the upfield shoulder. The upfield shoulder is our aiming point. Pedal, pedal, pedal. You got to activate your feet a little quicker, safeties. Y'all just sitting there flat-footed. Activate your engine. Give me a chop. Or start at eight and shuffle back a little bit or something. But you have to, you got to activate your engine. You can't let them, they're closing your, they're, they're closing your cushion and they're eating up your leverage so easy that that is a, that is a pat and go route now. Pat and go is what you said at the beginning of the game where they just, where quarterbacks be patting the ball and you run a go route and you just throw it up the field because there's no defender. That's what it feels like. You, like, we've been getting eat, we've been getting beat right there, whether it's a corner route or a post route. We're going to have to start running some type of 
safety mid and helping out. So that that to me has to be fixed because the the, the completion rate for that route is probably like 95, 85%. Like real talk. Dr. Bob could have ran it all game. He for some reason he went away from it. He did what we we, what he know we know what he'll do. Go away. Now, don't get me wrong, I'll say this. We started getting more prostitute. We started putting guys in the in the window. We were slanting guys like Chico might slant right to that window to where he couldn't get it out as fast as he wanted to, too. So I, I did I, I So Hold on. I was just looking at looking at the play again. Yeah. So we just started running some some like so kudos to the D line for for getting in the windows, getting their hands up too. But we that's one thing we gotta um we gotta patch up because I think that could be dangerous. A lot of teams gonna start seeing that. They really are. All right, so that's all I got to say for the defense, man. Defensively, Coach Rudd said said it in in the pre in the in the post game presser. Um, they got to make one more play. If y'all remember, I don't know if y'all, y'all might not remember, but I caught a lot of heat after the BYU game, right? Because offense put up a lot of points, and we knew it was going to be a shootout. And I was like, as much as great as the offense did, they still, you know may have turned the ball over or didn't get a, you know, didn't get a score when we really needed them at this point. So it's not like they were perfect. That's what Coach Rudd basically said about his defense. Like, yeah, we may have held an All-American running back to 60 yards rushing. Yeah, we might have held them to under 300 yards passing. Yeah, they only scored one touchdown. Yeah, they settled for five field goals. Yes, we turned them over four times and they had no turnovers coming to this game. Yes, we sacked them six times. Yes, teams are 15-2 and two this year when they cause four turnovers, and the two losses are from UVA. All that is right. But he said, post-game when I interviewed him, we got to get one more stop. But when I said that about our offense last year, people killed me. That's just a competitive way of looking at it. So as, so as bad as our offense played, our defense could have did something to where they could have stopped that initial touchdown and made it a field goal. That's four less points. I ain't even talking about the missed field goals. I'm talking about what we could have did defensively. Or one of those stops, we could have not face mask, which I thought was a graze. We could have not face mask on that sack and put them in fourth down. Or we could have got a necessary stop to take them out of field goal range. But the fact that Coach Rudd said – we still got to make one more stop, says all I needed to hear. Because that's the competitive way of looking at it. Yes, y'all may think we played great. Statistically, you can't say nothing about really the defense if we keep it in a stack because we did the same thing for the offense. If I get you 450 yards or 500 yards of total offense, what else you want me to do? Remember, we used to always say that about our offense. We did. And when I would be like, well, y'all could at least slow the game down a little bit, run the ball, allow them to get more rest because they just went up against a 12-play drive. Or 
you cannot turn the ball over here or you could do that a little better. People thought I was just being too harsh. But Coach Roy just practiced the same thing for the defense. Get one more stop. We win. <laughs> I was like, yo, God dang. I ain't by myself. Because sometimes I be thinking I'm on an island. I just be trying to share with y'all the way that competitors really think in football because it's the ultimate team sport. Yes, we. Yes, you may think like, you know how receivers like, yo, you played a great game. And they'll tell you the two or three things they did wrong. They will. The real ones who strive to be great going to tell you the things they damn near did wrong. And you could be like, but you did this. You had two interceptions. You had this. Well, I could have had three. Like when we saw Darius Slade go up against Jefferson, had two interceptions. Hell, he dropped three other ones. Could have had five. That's how you think. I, I remember that. I got destroyed. Matter of fact, it was y'all locker room access. Y'all destroyed me last year, man. I ain't like that, man. That was some, that was, that was, y'all did me dirty right there. Y'all home team. Y'all, like, I was just trying to share with y'all, like, yo, that's, I I noticed one thing, man. You can't never, I I see, like, I've, I've, well, I learned since that day. Even I learned since the Tony Elliott hire. If you're going to play devil's advocate, you have to have a huge disclaimer saying, meet me, devil's advocate. This is not me. This is just me saying, what if you thought like this? Because that's what I did for the BYU game. I was like, yeah, the offense did good. But you could also still say, hey, man, y'all ain't score every time. People took that and pow. Ballhawks said they should have scored every time. Good God, man. Give us a break. Give us a break. They gave me all these yards. Give us a break. You had a coach that basically just said what I said. It was like, we got to get one more stop. Man, I dapped him up so hard. Like, you, what? Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. We got to get one more stop. Why? Because it's the ultimate team sport. We shouldn't have gave up a touchdown then. We shouldn't have gave up one of them additional field goals. Because if we would have got one additional stop, if we would have stopped one of those scoring drives, we win. No matter what the offense did, we win. Point blank, period. I love that mindset, man. But y'all jumped me in locker room, man. Y'all blacked my eye, man. I don't like that, man. I don't like that. Y'all had me like Cuba Gooden Jr. and boys in the hood swinging and fighting in the air in front of Neil Long. I don't like that. Y'all did the same thing when it came to Tony Elliott High, man, on another message board, man. Y'all had it like, oh, Ball Hawk didn't want Tony Elliott. No, I was doing double advocate. But y'all just listened to a little part of the Twitter space. Y'all listened to the whole thing. But that, the A. I learned from it. Now I say disclaimer, 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 disclaimer. Devil's advocate. Again, devil's advocate. Now I understand why mixtape DJs always always play their name over and over while a song was playing. So you couldn't just record and act like you put the mix together. So, yeah, I've learned. So the defense played great. But you can still say, hey, defense. If you stop that opening drive and make them settle for three, now they got to score at the end. Oh, hey, devil's advocate, hey, defense, if you don't get that face mask on that sack, hey, we probably, it's probably a different result. Hey, defense, if you just stay, you know, hold the edge versus letting the back bounce, 
that's all hypotheticals that people can say that a competitor is going to say that a teammate is going to say. Why? Because we still got to do our job. We're not going to point at the other side and say, you the reason we lost. We ain't going to do that. We might feel like it, but we still got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, yo, were you perfect? Hell to the null. Okay, then. But I got killed last year for it. But you live and you learn. On to Duke, man. On to Duke. Another road game. We're on two on the road. We're on 1-1 in the ACC on the road. And we're playing another FBS team. We are on two versus FBS. Well, ODU consider FBS now. So, y'all get what I'm saying because y'all don't respect ODU. Duke just lost to Kansas. They, what, 3-1 and one now. We 2-2. Two and two. They having sellouts at their stadium now. So, got to move on. Hopefully, y'all appreciated this recap, man. Sorry it was longer than an hour. But, uh, Brendan Armstrong, yo, B.A., never lose your confidence. Confidence controls how your body reacts to adversity. And if your confidence is shot, you're going to start aiming the football versus throwing the football, and you're going to hurt us more than than you think you can help us by focusing in. You got to maintain your confidence, bro. You still that guy. He's still there, but you got to believe it. We can't cheerlead from the sideline. You got to perform, and you can. All right? Good's the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Never let nobody tell you you can't do what you set your mind out to do. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, please provide feedback on um, Apple Podcasts, man. It helps with the algorithms, help with the visibility. Shout out to Believe Network, partnering up with me and allowing my podcast to be shared on their big time platform. If you haven't been to Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go over there, check out other podcasts that are there, some big names with some great shows. Check them out. It's a ball hawk show, man. We out of here. <laughs> Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.